Have you ever heard of scrupulosity? This is a mental health concern that is impacting more Latter-day Saints than you think. Scrupulosity is religious obsessive compulsive disorder, where individuals are hyper-obsessed about their worthiness and repentance. Sam Baxter, a former bishop, sat down with me to talk about his lifelong struggle with scrupulosity and how he got treatment. You can watch this interview for free in the Mentally Healthy Saints library by going to leadingsaints.org 14. This gets you 14 days free access to Sam Baxter's interview about scrupulosity and 25 plus other interviews about ministering to those who struggle with mental health. The content is priceless for leaders. So visit leadingsaints.org 14 for free access. Hey, welcome to the Leading Saints podcast. Now, for many of you that are brand new uh, to Leading Saints, it's important that you know that Leading Saints is a nonprofit organization, 501c3, dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we do that through content creation. We get so much positive feedback on the podcast, our virtual conferences, the articles on our website. You definitely got to check it out at leadingsaints.org. And on their homepage at leadingsaints.org, you can actually find the top six most downloaded episodes to the podcast. So if you're new, like the content, want to jump in to some of our most popular episodes, head there after you listen to this episode. All right, I finally did it. I actually went through my email before this episode to see when was the first time somebody recommended I reach out to this couple, and it was 2020. And I mean, that's now we're in 2024. That's four years ago. 2020 doesn't feel four years ago. What's happening? But I have Jeff and Jamie <laughs> yeah, Downs wow. here with me. Four years ago, yeah. Kurt. That's and amazing. I think 20. There were three separate people who said, would you get these people on the podcast? And now I've done it. You can stop emailing me. But uh, Jeff and Jamie are the authors of Streaking. Is there a subtitle? Oh, the simple practice of conscious, consistent actions that create life-changing results. That's a mouthful. It Man, is a yeah. mouthful. You had a marketing team. <laughs> we activated. did. That's good. I love oh, it. Oh, we did. Absolutely. Awesome. Now, uh, I mean, streaking. There's so many. The, the titles that... the. Uh, how to get your bishop streaking. I mean, there's so many titles we go with this. Oh, man, right? isn't there? <laughs> but uh, again, a great marketing captures your attention. So where, where does the story of the book streaking begin? It begins with me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what happened? So it was several years ago, what, eight years ago, nine years ago? Mm-hmm. And we had been running. We were runners. And still are runners. Still are runners. <laughs> but at this point in life, I was running. I had reached a place where I had signed up for a couple races. I had, I did, I wasn't born a runner. And so I used races to help keep me motivated to be a runner. And I picked running because it helped me to stay healthy. That was really my yeah. ultimate goal. And I had reached this point in life where I had run two marathons and had signed up for a couple half marathons. And then I started to sign up for races to motivate me to run, but it wasn't working anymore. And so I'd had two races that I had signed up for, got the t-shirts for, but never actually showed up for the race. Mm-hmm. So we were talking we earlier about- charitable donations. Yes. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. We were talking earlier about shame. And I was like, I hate that I have these t-shirts for these races that I never run. <laughs> and so I was at the hairdresser getting my hair done and was actually going through the news while I was waiting for my hair to process. And I got discouraged because the news was all very depressing. And so then I went to the Deseret News app. And the first story that popped up was couple streak running for 15 years. And I remember thinking, this is the Deseret News. I should be able <laughs> to trust this app. Yeah. So I clicked on the story 
And it was a beautiful story about Jeff and Diane Shumway uh-huh. that had been running at least a mile every single day for 15 years. Wow. And that was a huge mind shift for me because I was thinking about this running and I thought, huh, I wonder if I could do that. Could I change the way that I think about running from I need to run a faster pace or a longer distance to could I just run a mile every single day? And so at the end of that appointment, I called Jeff, who was traveling a lot at the time, and he was just getting on a plane. Yep. Headed to Boston. I remember it forever. And I only had a few minutes because the door was closing. And I said, I just read this great article. Do you want to go streaking with me? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> I don't know what you're asking a me. A couple building activity. <laughs> yes. You want to get a couple building activity relationship. Right. But yeah, when she when she asked, I was definitely... So when I first looked at it, I had to step back a little bit and be pretty honest with myself and say, I don't know if I could genuinely run a mile every single day. And so I thought about it and I thought, if I'm transitioning from this idea of the activity that I'm doing to... I want to be consistent in what I'm doing. Then I, I had to look at myself and say, what could I really be consistent with? And mm-hmm. so that's when I set my first streak for, for as I, I thought I could run or walk a mile six days a week. So I chose to take Sundays off. I'm like, I don't want to feel that on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I gave myself the option of walking because I yeah. thought there's days that just as long as it's a mile. Just, yeah, just yeah. a mile. As long as it's a mile. So that was yeah. where was that's where it started with yeah. us. And then And so then she so we started streaking together and this is in 2015 and we were about 300 days in to the streak when I was dealing with another problem that I had which was my teeth were falling out of my head because I had such bad periodontal disease. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. And so the thing that any periodontist or dentist will tell you in order to prevent any type of periodontal disease is to do two things, brush and floss. It's always the floss. I know. It's What's with these guys? I don't know. Right? <laughs> and I hated flossing. Hate flossing Which is so, still today. I think most people have struggled with flossing, but yes. it's like, it's so simple. And yeah. it is. And so we were 300 days into the streak. I had just gone through to a dentist's appointment where I'd had my teeth cleaned. They were hurting. It was painful. And I knew that all I needed to do was floss. And I'm like, what is my problem? You know how you have those conversations in the mirror? Yeah. And you're look- and I'm looking at myself thinking, what is your problem? You know this is good for you. You know this will help you avoid many dollars of dental work. <laughs> and it will help you to feel better as far as your teeth are concerned. So what is your problem? And this was a prompting. This was direct prompting I received. And it was this specific thought. Why don't you just set a streak to floss your teeth? Hmm. And it hit me like, yeah, I've been running for 300 days, run walking for 300 days without any type of a break, haven't even thought about it. Why don't I just set a streak to floss my teeth? Well, that was 2,932 days ago. Oh, wow. And I have not missed. Those are not dentures, folks. Those are not (laughs) dentures. Those are the real thing. But, but something else hit me at that point too. And I do believe that this was direction and prompting because the other thing I was struggling with was my spiritual reading or scriptural reading, but my mm-hmm. spiritual life. The scriptures, and forgive me for saying this, had kind of become guard, cardboard to mm-hmm. me. It's like, yeah, yeah I read them a lot. That, I'm yeah. just like, you know, I, I'm not getting anything out of them per se. And I know everyone will tell me, well, you weren't putting enough into it. Yeah. You weren't doing enough about it. But along with the streak of flossing my teeth, I thought, well, if this works for physical things, then can it work for spiritual things or intellectual things? And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to set a scripture reading streak as well and see how many days in a row I can read at least one verse of scripture. 
Now, this is a few days later, but that one is now at 2,863 days hmm. where I haven't ever missed reading at least a verse of scripture. And it's obviously gone into other things. And this started to work where nothing else really did. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of books written on habits. Okay. And a lot of people turn- Seven habits. <laughs> <you're right. laughs> yes. There are seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. A lot of people quote atomic habits. Yeah, that's a great one. And there is, there's some great, great principles that are in there. There's a couple other habit books, The Power of Habit, The Power of Habit and Tiny Habits, I think. Okay. So I had actually, Atomic Habits wasn't out when I was there, but The Power of Habit was, mm -hmm. and I had tried to set a habit to floss my teeth or even to read my scriptures. And the problem that I found, and as I've since researched, is that habits are something you do automatically after you've supposedly done it enough times. It's part of, almost like it's part of your nature, yeah. right? Like right. just you do it. You do it. Well, what's interesting is not everything turns into automatic. Hmm. In fact, as you look at good growth activities or anything that leads to your spiritual life, intellectual life, any of those things that are growth and progress, none of them will ever turn into a habit. Anyone that says to me, I have a scripture reading habit. I'm just like, no, you actually decide intentionally to read your scriptures mm. every day, which is really good, but it's not a habit. In other words, if you were to say, for example, read your scriptures for two years and all that two years you read every single day, and then you decided, you know what? My life has changed. I'm doing something a little bit different. My environment changed. All of those things changed. And all of a sudden, two to three months later, you look back and you're like, I'm not reading my scriptures like I was. Well, that two years was your mission. Hmm. And now you're off your mission. Your whole environment changed. Yeah. You're not reading the scriptures anymore like you were. That's because when you were doing it on your mission, it was intentional and deliberate. And so now as you get off of that and into regular life, there's other things that happen and therefore it's really not automatic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, you see these, uh, some people have made videos or you hear it brought up, like if we treated our phone, like we treated the book of Mormon, it would be, and I kind of hate it <laughs> that I comparison hate that. because what we go to the scriptures for is different than what we go for to the phone for. And yes. there, when dopamine's involved, oh, I don't yes. often go, get dopamine from the scriptures. Right. But I get a lot from the phone. And so naturally we go towards that acorn, right? <laughs> um, but I think in this, you know, building consistency, a lot of what you talk about when you talk about streaking is you're putting some dopamine into the Book of Mormon, right? Or into the scriptures or to the the flossing or whatever. Yes. And so you're you're you know, leveraging these chemicals in our brain that cause us to go to the phone. We instead we go there and we kind of get that hit of dopamine, not because we're watching random funny memes, but because I'm making progress. That feels good. Right. Yes. That very well put. As as you look at because what streaking does now is it activates a part of your brain that is the gamifying part of your brain. Mm -hmm. And if you study gamer uh, gamer philosophy or gamer what you do when you're gaming is there's four different personalities for gaming and any one of those can be activated with streaking. Hmm. And as you apply streaking to, for example, reading the scriptures or any number of things, which we'll get into, you activate that part of your brain, which does cause the dopamine, which does give you, I just made some progress today. Yeah. I had a little bit of success. Yeah. So let's just step back and maybe yeah, like <laughs> we, from got, the, we, we went right down into yeah, it. and that's great. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, this leading saints we talk about leadership in the church and and consistency 
is a core leadership principle. I think every leader wants to, I mean, if they're going to lead effectively, whether lead themselves or lead an organization, consistency is going to play a role in that. And so maybe Jamie, lead us into like, where's the gospel intersect that we haven't touched on as far as like in a world of come follow me and apps and all these things, like anything else to say in that intersection? So I'll start by just real quick so that there's background to it, that as we were doing this, we kind of realized that there were three laws that helped us to have success as we were streaking. The first law was to make it laughably simple. And that, I always claim that is my law because that to me was the thing that's helped me to be successful is to recognize that in order to have consistency, it needed to be something that I could do on any day of my life. And so I often, when I set a streak for the first time, I think of the worst day that I've had and think, could I still do this on that worst day? My worst day was one time when Jeff was traveling (laughs) and all seven kids got the stomach flu at the same time, which has only happened once. Well, weren't you sick too? I don't remember. Probably because (laughs) if I wasn't, I should have been. (laughs) But there was just, it was one of those days. And so I think of that day when I set a streak because I'm like, if I genuinely want to be consistent, if consistency is the thing that I'm looking for, then I need to take into account that there's going to be some really bad days sometimes Mm -hmm. and look at it and say, how simple would it have to be to stay consistent on that day? The second law of streaking is to keep a record of it. And as we've gone through that, we've come to recognize that the record is important because when you're doing things consistently, you can forget that you've done them. You're like, was that yesterday? Was that the day before? And then time can go by and you can think that you've done it, but maybe two or three weeks has passed and you're like, oh, I guess I haven't been doing that like Mm -hmm. I thought. And so that record is kind of your own I call it like my journal of successes. It's it's the place that I go to that says, I've been doing this every single day. It's extremely effective for things that you want to do that are difficult to quantify. Like, I want to be a more kind person. It's a very difficult thing to quantify that. But when you can go back and say, I have done something to be kind for this many days in a row, you can look at it and say, I've been doing it for this long. I am becoming a more kind person. Mm. The third rule was to create a community. And this was something that we recognized as we were, as we were having success and looking at it and we're thinking, what has helped this? And as we've started to study different streaks, we recognized that winning streaks and all things that talked about streaking seemed to be centered around some kind of community, people that had something in common that shared a passion for this thing. And we recognized that we're like, that is a huge part of having a streak is having a community of people around you. At first, we thought it was to have accountability. We thought, oh, you need to have accountability. And there is a small accountability component to the community. But what we've really come to recognize is that the accountability is really in law number two, which is the record. The record is what really holds you accountable. And the community really became that cheering section, those that group of people that were like, wow, that's really cool that you've done that. Or, Or in our case, have you done your streaks yet? Or... Just well, it's just a celebration. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a huge celebration. The yeah. things that you've done. So you asked the question, how does this relate to kind of a gospel setting? And, and let me review those. So the three yeah. laws of streaking are la- make it laughably simple. And the second one, again, is... Keep a record. Keep a record and then create, create a community. A community. Yeah. Okay. So we say laughably simple, no record, no streak. You've got to have a record that you've kept that streak. And one little bit of confusion. Sometimes people felt like the streak was broken if they didn't record it that day. Sometimes I'll record it the next day. As long as you did your streak, your yeah. streak If you alive. did your streak and recorded it, you're it's, good to go. You're, yeah. And even if, it, even if you recorded it the next day. The next day, day yeah. yeah. And then create a community. So the thing that's been 
the most eye-opening for me as I've done streaking, and I kind of call it my streaking journey because where I started when we started streaking has evolved so much to how I view streaking now and what it's done for me. And I'm, I'm going to use an example. It was a couple, I don't know how long ago I set this streak, but I set a ministering streak. And we have an app where you can keep track of your streaks called the streaking app. And you can make your streaks public or private. And I kept this streak private. And I didn't tell anybody And now we're announcing it Jeff. to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I told Jeff, he was my community, but I, this was a kind of a personal streak because I didn't want, I felt that I was struggling in ministering and I didn't want other people. I didn't want somebody to be like, to judge my ministering. Mm. And so what I said was, I thought, I just want to do something with ministering every day. And when I first said it, it was centered around the sisters that I was assigned to minister to. And I would do small things like look up their birthdays or look up their child's name or their husband's name or check. Sometimes if I was really tired and I hadn't done anything, it would just be, did they post something on Facebook today? Just something Hmm. that I was doing every day. Then we had this time where we moved and I went through a small period of time that I didn't have assigned sisters. And I thought, well, how am I going to keep the streak alive if I don't have assigned sisters? And I thought, well, they don't have to be assigned to minister to people. I can, I can minister to people without having it be an assignment. And that was kind of my next step in, in my journey of ministering with my streak. And then recently, so this is years that I'm talking about this kind of this journey. Well, you've had it alive for 2000. 2,185 days. Nice. As recently, I've become a Relief Society president just like four months ago. And now my ministering streak has been who I minister to. And then the thought process of, well, who else ministers to this person? Who else is in their life that could be part of that ministering component? And so as I look at this journey, it has helped me to really change the mindset around ministering. The reason I first set this streak was because I felt never felt like I was doing a good job in ministering. I shouldn't say that. It wasn't never, but it had to be this certain standard. Like Mm -hmm. I took a meal to them or I dropped off their birthday gift. Or you had an in-home visit with a lesson. Yes, I went and visited and had this lesson or they called me and asked me to help with something and I was able to do it, which were all good things, but you have to be doing a lot sometimes to get to that place, a lot of other smaller things. And as I've come to look at this through streaking and thinking about it every single day, It's changed my mindset from ministering isn't this grand thing that I do all the time. It is a journey and it's a journey of how I treat other people and how I'm changing inside. Am I a person who just thinks about people and can minister to them? And through setting a streak, it's helped me be able to look at that every single day and really see areas where I'm actually ministering more than I thought I was. And then also to see opportunities that if I wasn't thinking about it every day, I would have missed. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about the streak with it being laughably simple is that it doesn't have to be big. I can look at something simple that I did and think, oh, I did that today. And that counts. I was thinking about ministering today. Yeah. And so in terms of how streaking helps in a gospel sense, I feel like it gives me the opportunity to take these big concepts that we talk about ministering, um, think celestial, um, just these, these concepts of how the kind of person that I want to become. And it turns it into the things that I'm doing on a daily basis to become that person. And because I'm doing it on a daily basis, it helps me see it as a journey. 
that every day is a step in that journey. And some of the days it's grand and beautiful and amazing and I can go to bed feeling happy. And other days it's like, well, it was a regular day. And some days it was a bad day, but I still did this tiny thing Mm. towards who I want to become. And so it gave me this latitude Mm. for the ups and downs, I guess, of life to look at it and be like, it may be up and down all the time, but I've got this one thread through it all that has kept me focused on who I want to become. Yeah. So take this worry off the table for the listening audience, because I had a going in the book and you did a great job easing my concern as I read the book. But whenever behaviors talked about, there is the risk of shame being a driving motivator. And in my opinion, shame is the number one tool the adversary uses to alter our perceived identity. And so when there is ever like this effort on whether habits or behaviors or actions, I worry like, oh man, what I don't. Are we just motivating through guilt and shame? So how, I mean, how do you respond to that? That's a great one. I'm going to let Jamie go first because, and then I'll, and then I'll give some thoughts on it. And this is such a good question because I think I've spent so much of my life being motivated by guilt. And (laughs) the fellow Latter-day Saints. (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) And I think that as I look at this, I think the thing that has been, and it's similar to what I've said is it's just recognizing How much I do that counts. How many of the things that I'm doing, I'm already doing well with. And then it's also just giving some latitude, giving some grace. The thing I guess I I love about a streak is... I think you should tell about your journal because that was where you felt the most guilt. I did feel the most guilt. Did you not want to tell? Journal. Did you not want to tell no, about I that No, I probably one? just forgot about that. Okay. So that was when. Because well, uh, I have to let me preface this just a little bit. So every year. Jamie would come and say, I got to write my journal more. And she'd spend like three days writing a novel. Now, and this is why I'm I'm so excited we're releasing this in January because everybody goes through these yes. feelings like, yeah. this is the year. This is, this is the year. It's going to be different. <laughs> and then February hits. <laughs> All right. Exactly. So, so she would. And what she started to stack up were journals that were partially filled out. And what they became was guilt. Was symbol of guilt. Yeah, a yes, symbol of guilt. Symbol of my- a symbol of my failure. All those <laughs> empty white pages. Yes, yes, exactly. And all those restarted journals. That was the other mm. hard thing is I had journal after journal after journal. Because that that's the other thing, right? You get the new pins, you get yes, the new book. Because that's going to motivate you. Right, because yes. that is the yeah. motivation. And so that was a big thing. And it actually took me a while to be okay setting a streak around it because I remember saying to you, because you got super excited and we're like, oh, this streaking thing is really working. What do you want to set a streak around? And I'm like, I do not need another thing that makes me feel like a failure. Like, I don't need another thing, another box that's like, oh, you said you were going to do it and you didn't. And so it took me a long time to be okay looking at setting another streak around something besides our running. It took me quite a while. And one of the first ones was the journal writing because I thought, and what, what is thing? your streak? What is your streak for my streak? So what I decided is I thought I am just because I tried a couple times. I even went to a class years ago, a BYU Education Week class oh, that was you're just getting said, really serious. About I know. It. I was <laughs> like five minutes a day. That's what it was. Just take five minutes a day to write in your journal, and it didn't stick either. I couldn't get that to work either. So I thought it has to be so simple. It's going to be one sentence. That's it. All I have to do to be successful at writing in my journal is write one sentence. And it was amazing to me how when you release yourself from it having to be something so big, how much more often I did write a lot more. Like I didn't, but it wasn't the focus on wasn't how much I wrote. Once I wrote that first sentence, I was successful. I had been consistent. I had done it. And if I stopped at any point, it was totally okay. But often I would go on and continue on. And and it was amazing to me. But there were days I have 
entries in my journal where the, the entry is this day was really stupid and or I'm really tired. <laughs> like that's it. Period. Done. I'm going to bed. Exactly. <laughs> Why did journal, I start but... the streak? <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that the simplicity of that allowed me to keep the streak alive. Yeah. And there is something extremely powerful about when you keep those promises with that you've made to yourself. When, yeah. when you say, I'm going to do this and you do it and you've given yourself a way to make it happen. Yeah. And so now I have dozens of journals. This is great. Okay. So I've been writing a sentence in my journal for 2,470 days, which is great. But what's even more awesome is that I have, I have journals. I have journals that I've finished. I have so like, tons of journals it's like now. serious. I mean, in full now all it's a the different way. Symbol. It's a different it symbol. Is. You're it's exactly right. It's a totally right. different yeah. symbol. It's a symbol of my success. And I still sometimes have days that I don't write very much. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of days that I write however I, however much yeah. I feel. Sometimes it's several pages. Yeah. yeah. But for, and it's the weirdest thing that because all I commit to is the one sentence, as soon as I do it, I'm free to stop or start as long as I, to keep there, going or stop whenever I yeah. want. There is something inside of each of us. So you look at what King Benjamin says as far as the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields, right, to the promptings. And what I look at is what is yielding to the promptings? Well, everything we learn is they're small, they're simple, they're quiet. All of those promptings are those tiny things that we decide to do. And those lead to the big grand things because I believe that's how you overcome the natural man. Hmm. So as a leader, so now if if I'm in the leader's shoes, right, and I'm thinking back to when I served as bishop or and thinking back to individuals with who I worked on any number of issues. And what, what one thing that happens with guilt and is people focus on what they did wrong. And so the guilt comes in is I'm wrong. I'm bad. Mm-hmm. And Satan plays on that. He plays on that because the natural man is at that and is at that point. And what happens then is Satan's like, well, you shouldn't even be a part of this because you're just you're bad. You're not wrong. And isn't it so much more fun? With streaking, and this is where I look at it as a bishop, I would have loved to have this because what you're now doing is giving yourself a, not only a way to win, but you're focusing on the, the win. positive, the mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. You won today and you are going to win yes or tomorrow and you're going to continue to win because you've given yourself a way to win. You've given yourself permission to win. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who I work with and talk with that are like, well, that's really not going to make any difference, that laughably small thing. Mm-hmm. In fact, we were at a young single adults um, conference and I had explained laughably simple. And then I. But we weren't calling it laughably simple at the time. We were just oh, calling, right. we were just it, just calling just it, make it simple. Make it simple. And I had said, and so one of my streaks is to write at least one sentence daily for a book, article, or letter. So I'd put that up, write at least one sentence, lady. And, and you had just told the story about how you wanted to write a book. Yeah. That that was and I hadn't written one. I, I was one doing yet. everything I could. I'd set a goal. I tried to read it, you know, write a page. You've been through this recently. Yes, yes, you yes, know yes, exactly yes. what uh-huh. I'm talking about. So I was, I put it up. I had it on the slide. It said, write at least one sentence daily. And there was a young single adult. She laughed out loud just laughed. And the whole point was she was looking at that saying, you want to write a book, but your streak of laugh, of write one sentence a day is not going to get it's you It's not going to get yeah, you there. It's right? ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, that can't ever happen. And that's what I thought. That's exactly it. The laughably simple. And why? It is laughable if you do it only once. Mm-hmm. Of course. I mean, if you do it once, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere sentence, with it. It's not a book. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But if you do it for now six years, every single day, mm-hmm. you not only have a book, 
but you also have 300 letters that you've written. You also have 50 articles that you've submitted. All of those things come from, you know what? I can write at least one sentence. And there are days where I write one sentence. Yeah. Just like and in I love journal. what you said, though, that it changes that focus from the things that I didn't do, which was, well, I didn't get very much. I didn't get the full amount that I wanted to write today, or I didn't, to, I did what I said. I wrote a sentence. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a huge amount of power in that shift of focus from yeah. what I didn't do to what I get, did get done. So, and in speaking of the difference. individual that is, you know, in my office and striving diligently to repent, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of things that you can be successful at. Right. Mm-hmm. Things and that, that success is what on what I want you to focus. And one of the things we have, and we've, we've looked at this quite a bit too, is don't streaks, don't work. Hmm. If you set a, for example, let's just use diet for a second. People that say, I'm not going to eat sugar. I thought you were going to say Diet Coke. I'm not going to say Diet Coke. I was going to stop Easy. Back off of that. <laughs> but don't eat sugar, right? Mm-hmm. What happens in the brain is you start thinking sugar, 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 sugar. sugar, <laughs> sugar. And all you're doing is reinforcing. So now you go into something else like don't look at pornography. All you're saying to yourself is pornography, pornography, pornography. Mm-hmm. And I think a huge part is that shame because then you miss, you mess up one time and all that shame comes back yeah. in because you've been focusing on that anyway. And now it just validates, I knew I was a screw up. You're focusing on the negative. You're focusing right. on the negative. And then you mess up on something and it validates that. The yeah. surest way to be part of an accident, a car accident, is to focus on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the surest way. In NASCAR, that's what they talk about. You want to be part of that accident, you just look right at it. Mm-hmm. You'll drive that's right the into same it. thing with our lives and behavior and everything else. Yeah. You want to be part of any type of sin or anything else, just start focusing on it. Right. And it'll get you there. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate that, you know, as we talk about streaking, it's so powerful because and my wife, she does this thing in our home where she says, we're doing a 10 minute pickup mm-hmm. and she literally sets a timer. It yes. tells my kids. We call it the 10, 10 minute tidy. Oh, yes. 10 minute tidy. I like that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but then it's like, then 45 minutes pass. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you said you, 10. You, you tricked said us. 10. <laughs> but there's something about the brain that you just need to get started. You just need to get started. Because exactly. It's almost protecting you like that's a big mountain to climb. Don't even start on climbing that mountain because yes. you'll never get to the top. But if you just get started, you realize, oh, this ain't bad. You know, I can, I can do 10 I more can do steps. This. I can, you know. Right. And it does two things. It gets you started. And I also believe it gives you an exit. Yeah. Like you can look at something and say, oh, I got started. And if I have to exit, that's okay because I still did what I said. And you know it's okay because you did it yesterday and you're going to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. So there is something with brain science behind this as well. As you look at brain science, the the brain is a great big energy conservation factory. It wants to conserve all energy. And so whenever we set something that is large, the brain automatically has a rejection response Mm. because I'm going to have to spend energy on that. And where streaks exist are in the frontal lobe. Because you're thinking about it as intentional. And the frontal lobe is the thing that sucks the most energy. And so the brain is looking at it and saying, oh boy, no, 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 don't don't approach that. Whereas when you say it's laughably simple, you actually overcome the rejection response. And your brain says, oh, well, I could do that. And you use a little bit of ego in there as well. It's like, I can do that. Come on. I can do at least that. I can do at least that much. And in fact, that's one of the phrases that we use in streaking is at least. I'm going to write at least one sentence. Because then that really cues to you that you can do it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So what do you do when like you got the 2,700 days right in the journal and, and you, you miss don't. something. You something miss something happens. I mean, how do you, obviously you got to start over because it's no longer a streak, mm-hmm. but how do you not let that wave 
of guilt coming because I imagine there'd be like this phone call from you to Jeff being like, it happened. <laughs> My streak is over. It's sort of like it's suddenly this thing, right? And so that right. can lead to a lot of shame and guilt. What, what's your thoughts on that? I feel like the shame and guilt happen a little bit more earlier on in the process. So when you've got streaks that you've had to start over a couple of times, it can be hard. I think one of the hardest streaks I've had has been morning prayers. I have reset that streak so many times. And I actually started years ago with just say two prayers a day because I didn't want to commit to having it have to be a morning prayer. Mm. And I spent a couple years on just focusing on two prayers a day. And then I reached a point where I thought, no, I really do want it to be a prayer in the morning. Like I, that's really where I want to go. And so I approached the streak knowing that I would need to start over. I just knew that it was going to happen, that it's going to mm-hmm. take time to start over. And then so those, when you're starting a streak, those first few months, it takes time to, as Jeff says, to build a consistency muscle, mm-hmm. to fe- to remember to be consistent, to add something to your life consistently. It takes time for you to be like, oh, this is a part of my pattern now. And so those first few months is where I feel like I had to kind of work to overcome sometimes that shame and guilt. And the beautiful thing about it is that oftentimes, if it's a long streak, I've had a couple really long streaks that I missed some t- one time for, I don't even know why. Like I woke up and I was like, I genuinely don't know what yeah. happened. I don't know why I missed it. And we always say it's okay to take some time and mourn it. Like mm-hmm. let yourself feel bad. Like you had a good thing going here and missed it and you're kind of sad about it because mm-hmm. you broke that streak. And then you give yourself a few minutes to do that. But then you kind of look back and you say, wow, I accomplished all of this though. I had this many days in a row that I was doing it. Whether I broke the streak or not, that is still with me. Like that is still a part of who I am and what I've been able to accomplish Mm. and part of the journey of who I'm becoming. And that's not going to go away. And then I look at it and think, and I liked that I was doing it. So I'm willing to start again. I'm totally willing to start again because we have a, our poor daughter, she's in the book, but she has a, (laughs) she has, and I say, our poor daughter, because her example in the book is a negative example. <laughs> so, it's the one she's like, this is what I'm known for. Yes, <laughs> but she talks about um, setting a streak to read her scriptures. And she made it about 30 or 45 days. And then she lost the streak and she got discouraged. She actually made it 85 days. Oh, she made it 85 yeah. days. Mm-hmm. So she was feeling good about that. And then something happened. She lost the streak. And so she didn't start again. She she got discouraged. And she's like, I'm not going to do that Actually, you know again. what? Are you talking about Lily's yeah. streak? Actually, what Might had happened- story wrong? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what actually happened is she's like, this isn't really doing me any good. Hmm. I'm going to like stop. Like just going through the motions. Yeah. I'm yes. just going through the motions. This isn't doing me any good. And so she stopped. And we asked her about three months later, how much have you read since then? Zero. Hmm. I mean, very minimal. I mean, like nothing. And she said, and I realize now that to keep the streak of life, what then happens is you set up what we call the floor of success. Hmm. And sometimes you lay on the floor. Sometimes you crawl on the floor. Sometimes you stand on the floor. Sometimes Sometimes you you jump jump from the floor up to high heights. But it's always the floor. And what I look at is, and she now has great streaks now, and she's fantastic. From that experience, what she learned was, is I need to have just that floor of success. And I believe Satan's going to be telling you that that small thing is not going to make any difference in your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have to tell you something because I've thought about this a ton. So it was interesting when I had my journal, recognizing that now I've kept a journal for a long time. But when I didn't write in my journal and I would feel guilty, 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 guilty. And then I would write and I would write a ton like that day that I wrote a ton and I took a half hour, an hour and I just wrote it all. The adrenaline that that 
what did you call it? The, the serotonin. The serotonin the, the, that the I dopamine, would get. The dopamine, the dopamine hit. Yeah. That I would get for that day that I wrote was huge. Like mm-hmm. I felt so good. I finally alleviated that guilt. But then I often would go maybe write one or two days, but then it would fall off and I wouldn't write again for a long time. So then back long to time, the like feeling months. guilty. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like children born and I didn't write about it. <laughs> We've been there, yeah. <laughs> yes. And so again, that guilt would build up. And I started to notice. So I've had the journal streak for a long time and I was talking to Jeff about this the other day. I said, it's interesting to me that I am more consistent and have written in my journal more than I ever have in my whole life. However, because I don't have that porpoise of guilt and then alleviating that guilt and then not doing anything and the guilt builds, 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 builds. Mm. And then I do one thing and alleviate that guilt because I don't have that porpoise effect. Sometimes I will look at my journal writing and think it just doesn't give me that same adrenaline rush. It Mm. doesn't. And it's been an interesting thing to look at and think consistency is small drops over long periods of time. And you don't get the same rush sometimes from a small drop that you get from dumping in a whole bucket. But if you look at watering a plant, a plant's not going to survive if you just give it a bucket every two months. Like it's going to survive with the small drops. So I have had to learn and recognize that the consistency has a different feel that I may not get that super awesome rush all the time, but I also don't have to live with the guilt. I think though, and this is a great story too. Let's hear it. You have to share your family history story and the streak that you had with your grandfather. Uh-huh. And You're hitting all the guilt Oh trip, my uh, goodness, there's another one. All of my streaks center around <laughs> things I felt guilty about, especially my longest streaks, which are writing in my journal. Reading books to my kids, family history was one that ministering, ministering all these, all these <laughs> aspects. What's interesting, of- just before you tell this story, what's interesting about these, Kurt, is that each one of them. So, for example, when it, she's a great example of those things. So, when she set a ministering streak, about a hundred days later, I set one. And what is the streak? Do at least one ministering activity daily. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? That means I can pray for the family. I can text them. I can look up their names in tools and see you know who they are, pray for them by name. All of those, th- the very, just very doable things I can do every single day. And it's been great. I feel I have been such a better minister than I ever was a home teacher because I'm thinking about it every day. And it's that simple thing. So family history, right? I have a streak on that. You started it first, mm-hmm. but it was do one family history activity every day. Well, with the app, opening it, is a family history activity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how simple it is. Right. I think I spent months that part of my streak was just understanding how the app works. Yeah, mm-hmm. just opening it, looking at it, everything else. Especially, buttons, right? yes. Yeah, that's just it. And so all of a sudden I'm doing this. Well, the results of that, and then we'll get to her story, but the results of that, <laughs> you know, when you look in family search underneath the contributions or family tree under contributions, there is a definite distinct difference from when I was oh yeah doing the streak and when I wasn't yeah there's some I mean if you look at there's that there's a graph yeah it's more than a bell curve that's yeah. a- <laughs> so and that was from just doing so in 2018 nothing 2019 nothing and then I started a streak and the contributions went off the charts but it wasn't like a, I'm not family it wasn't like you expert. were spending hours every Sunday working on your family history you no. weren't in fact I don't know if I've ever seen you actually do that I would like to get to the point that someday we do. But right now, <laughs> you it, your streaks are very, My, it's very it's simple. It's very attainable and I do it every day. But yeah. the contributions are off the charts because 
it's the small, simple things, which leads to the story that she has about family history. You got it. Yeah, we've been building this one up. And I don't know how how many. So I'm a. (laughs) I think you're a couple hundred days into your streak when this happened. And I'm a convert to the church, but my mom and I were both baptized on my eighth birthday. And so family history to me was always this thing that was, well, it was. Mormon people had family history. You're convert. Not me. You're adopted by your yeah. dad now. I mean, there was, was all kinds of different elephant to tackle and uh-huh. complex. There was all kinds of lines that and, crossed. And all I over. never knew where to start, and I always felt like other people knew so much more about it than I did, and I really didn't know where to start. And so, setting the streak, it was the same thing. It was to do one family history related activity every day, and I'd been doing it for yeah, probably it was about oh, two hundred days. Or yeah, so. not quite a year yet. And we were up, we were actually on vacation and it was a Sunday and I was looking at that. Oh, I got to do my streak. And one of the things that had bothered me is that my biological grandparents, I had never been able to find my grandfather's name. Like I'd been able to find my grandma's name, but I had never been able to find my grandfather. And I had lost contact with them when we joined the church. And because this is your adoptive or not your my adoptive, biological. this is your biological. And she'd been adopted into another family mm-hmm. and really didn't have contact. So I didn't have her. contact. And so I had been working on it for a couple of days. Each day I would just try and do a little bit of something towards finding his name. And this one Sunday I was sitting there and I found it came up on my app, the find a grave. And it had a picture of my grandma's gravestone oh, there wow. that I had found that I, I was like, oh, I, I've seen this before. But this time I looked at it a little closer and realized that it had her name on it, but it didn't have, it had a couple, but it didn't have my grandfather's name there, but it had a space. And I, and it was the first time that I thought, could he still be alive? Like maybe he's alive and that's why I haven't been able to find his name. And so as I got to think about it, I'm like, well, maybe I, what do you do? You look in the white pages? Maybe. So I <laughs> on, did. On the I, phone, the white pages. Yeah, the white app, pages right. on the phone. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I looked in the white pages and I found his name. And it was in North Dakota where I where I was born. And, and I thought, well, maybe I'll just call. <laughs> but then it took another day or two to get the courage to no, call. No, you called. Did I call I, that You day? called right there. Because I was like, I, I was kind of prompter. I'm like, you should call. <laughs> you should call and do see it. if he's actually yeah. alive. Yeah, do it. Come another on. important part of community. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. The celebration. <laughs> so so I, I called and he answered. And I was just and like, he answered. This, I was like, is this wow. Marlo Gould? And he's like, yes, it is. And I said, this is Jamie. I'm your granddaughter. Do you remember me? And he was like, I do remember you. And we hadn't talked for probably 40 years. I must have lost track when I was about 10. Yeah. And we ended up having this great conversation. And I was able to ask his mother's name and get more information about his mom and when she was born and her birth date. And do you have brothers? And just talked for a little bit. But it ended up being, it opened up a whole section on my family tree that I didn't even have access to. And it gave me the opportunity to reconnect with the grandfather that I And it came from just do it every day. Yeah. That simple. Yeah. Small and simple things. Small and simple things. And And that's that's really where, if you look at the scriptural basis for streaking, it's in Alma 37, where Alma is turning the plates over to Helaman. Hmm. And what's interesting about that, that particular chapter, you think about the importance of what's happening. Alma is turning over the record of the Nephites to Helaman. And he is telling him, look, I need you to write in these. I need you to keep this record. And I'm not sure what the exchange was there. I'd love to be there with the exchange because Alma says something that kind of is interesting to me. 
He says, as he's turning it over, he says, now you may suppose this is foolishness in me. And you look at that and you go, why is he asking if this is foolish? And he's talking about keeping a record every day mm-hmm. of the Nephite people. And he's saying to Helaman, and Helaman's like, look, Dad, we've got all kinds of things we need to run in this kingdom. <laughs> we have got people that are, you know, over here in the wrong farmland. And there's people over here that aren't where they need to be. You want me to write a sentence in this record every day? And he's like, you may suppose that this is foolishness of me, but by small and simple things mm. are great things brought to pass. And you think about the Book of Mormon today and the influence it has, the billions of people, what it does for individuals and their lives. And it was all from keeping a record. And if you look at it, all three laws of streaking, keep a record every day, make sure. Laughably simple. Laughably I think simple. of Omni where he's like. Uh, my sentence is yeah. that he wrote this. Here's yeah. my verse. <laughs> that that was out. it, wasn't it? I'm out. I'm out. I saw him write it. And in the day he wrote it, I was standing by him. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Uh-huh. Laughably simple. Keep the record and share it in a community. Yeah. Changes lives. Yeah. I mean, that's truly is the gospel is that it, yeah. you know, we sometimes frame it as being very simple, but, and I hear individuals who even who've lost their faith and, and leave the church because it was such an overwhelming, overwhelming. experience. And when I, when I see or hear somebody that's in this state of overwhelm because of the gospel, I'm like, all right, time out. Somewhere you swallowed false doctrine. I don't know where or when, but if this experience isn't full of hope and encouragement and love and divine identity, like then somewhere you missed it. So I get it. I know I get how somebody can feel overwhelmed, but if that's the case, like let's just step back. We really need and to reset, step back. Yeah. Right. And I think, and you mentioned in the book as far as like, your streaks are your streaks. There's not like, oh, well, to be a good ladder, here's 40 streaks you got to do. So do <laughs> those. Right. And then, yeah, maybe you can start to cook or something. You know, like, <laughs> so like that, you got to start with your own, right? right. Yes. Well, so interestingly enough, so when we started the streaking journey, wrote the book, we start to meet people mm-hmm. all around and talk about streaking. It's usually the first thing that comes up. Well, there's a professor out of North Carolina who actually studied streaks and we got put together. And what he found in his study of streaks is that for a streak to really be yours, you have to determine what the time is and what the, when the streak actually counts. So it's really up to you as far as what the streak is. And no one else determines that for you. Mm-hmm. Now, when we, you know, when people go into the app and they look at it, they can adopt other streaks because it helps to kind of have a starting point. But really, after that, you determine when your end point is. For example, one of the things that Jamie talks about, in the, she has a, a streak for the We Believe app, right? Mm-hmm. To open it every day. Mm-hmm. Well, inside the We Believe app, they keep track of your streak of how many times you've Even opened Even in the Gospel Library app. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. You're right, yeah. the Gospel Library app. Well, interestingly enough, it resets at midnight in that app and it resets at midnight in the gospel library app. So if you didn't do it by midnight, well, we have a lot of streakers that my day doesn't end till like two or 3 AM. And so what they determined is my day is done at 3 AM, not at some time on a clock. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I bring all that up is to go to your point and what you were saying in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and as members of the church, you determine your streak, how you do it, what it looks like. And if it's too much, if you're being weighed down by guilt, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. And, and or sometimes there may be a season, there's a season for some streaks where you may do yes. it 30 days. You're like, 
that served its purpose. I'm moving on to something else, right? You don't have to keep piling okay, them on. Now you've gotten into the next edition of the book <laughs> where we want to talk about, there's actually three types of streaks. There's lifetime streaks, time of life streaks, and challenge streaks. Hmm. So lifetime streaks, I want to read the scriptures for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I want to do that every single day. And, I'll and restart I want to keep the trying. I'll restart as many, as many times, times as, I many times I need yeah. to, because that's a lifetime streak. A time of life streak, for example, Jamie has a streak of reading to our boys. We have two children left at home and she reads to them every single day. And this started quite a while ago, but she reads at least five sentences to them every day. But now, the youngest is 12. That streak is going to... That'll end. That'll end. And we'll retire that we'll streak. We'll retire that streak. And I'll and tell you what, there is nothing like the feeling of retiring a streak. It yeah. is an amazing feeling because you look back on the journal of your success and you see that you're now retiring something that you have done every single day. And it's a moment of euphoria. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this moment where you're just like, yeah, it's emotional. just, mm-hmm. it's neat to be a part of that and realize, you know what? This has been an amazing part of my life that I now have because I set this streak to do it. I had a streak that I had a daughter that was on a mission and she was having a hard time. And I set a streak to just write to her every day. And it was only specifically for that time of season. It was just to help her and me in that moment in time. And as soon as she came home, I remember thinking, I'm like, well, should I pick another missionary and write to that missionary and so I can keep the streak alive? And distinctly, it was like, nope, that wasn't the purpose. The purpose was for this daughter at this time. And you did it. And now I remember, too, when she came home, one of the neatest moments that happened in our home is she was in her bedroom. She was unpacking her suitcases. And I heard her from the room and she said, hey, mom, dad, you want to see something like, yeah, please. She brought out her suitcase. She opened it up and all of Jamie's letters were lined up in her suitcase. Yeah, that's cool. And she basically said, these are what saved me on my that was a very specific streak specifically for me and her at that time and even then there were some that she'd pull out and i had just drawn a big heart and said i love you and stuck it in an envelope (laughs) and mailed it because that's what i had time to do that day yeah but it was you're right the visual of seeing all and it was an emotional moment for me because it was one of those times that i thought i actually did what i committed to do (laughs) like there's a visual picture of my success i really did that yeah and it was very, that was a powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So a few things I want to underscore here is one we talk about, you know, how to avoid the shame. Streaks don't cause shame. Satan causes shame. No matter if I go home today and speak to my son in a way that I'm not proud of, the adversaries are going to constantly try and put shame in there. And that will be the case with streaks as well. So I think a part of that is just, just being aware of it and yep. not letting it overcome you and pray right. and restart. And here we go. Right. Yep. And then I want to talk about like, when, again, you would, touched on it earlier that don't streaks don't work. Right. right. And so when we talk about sin or, and it breaks my heart, like the most least effective way to approach sin, especially from the, the Bishop side of the desk is to tell a youth or an, an individual go 14 days without a relapse with porn or whatever. And then you can take the sacrament. Like that will only perpetuate shame. Huge. And so let's not talk about don't streaks or sins or things like that. Instead, doing of like, well, what streaks could we set? A right. scripture a day? Could you journal a day? I mean, there's again, so you're reiterating these positive do behaviors yep. that then will help them overcome sin because they're re- reinvesting in, in the gospel. Yeah. You know, when you think about in our behavior, no matter what 
our life and our time is full of our behaviors. And I know that sounds simple and obvious, but I'm going to use it as an illustration. If you think of your life as a cup of water that's filled to the brim, mm-hmm. okay? And inside of, of that cup, the water is always at the top, no matter what. And it's mixed with all of our behaviors. It could be good behaviors, bad behaviors, whatever it is. Sin is in there and everything else. If you try to scoop out whatever that water the is, bad behavior, the, the bad behavior, dirty water, <laughs> and you can, and there's a couple of different scriptures you can read on this, but immediately this behavior is absolutely right back in and yeah. it could be worse behavior than what it was before. Right. So you don't scoop out and replace what it is. What you do is you displace yeah. bad behavior with good behavior. And with streaks, what you're doing is you're displacing less valuable things in your life with more valuable things. There is some point where you find sin valuable to you. You're like, this is valuable because you keep doing it. And what you realize is through time is that it doesn't provide you the value that you thought it would. It's actually a cheap imitation Mm. of the real value. So what you're doing is setting a streak to put in really good behavior Because if your water is always at the top, guess what happens? When you start putting in the good behavior, naturally, you displace any of the behavior that's less valuable. It goes out of your cup. That is the key here. That's what we're trying to do. That is what we're trying to do. That's how we become like Christ, is we put in the good. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants for all of us, is to put in the good. And if we do that a drop at a time, that is what he's asked. He's like, just do that simple thing. Yeah. Yeah. Were you gonna add yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. It's a lot like you said, it's a focus issue more. I just was reading President Nelson's quote about joy, that it's not based on our circumstances, it's based on where our focus is. And as you were talking, I was thinking about that. I'm like, displacement is really placing our focus in a very specific place so that we displace the things that are taking our time that we don't want to be there, or the things that we're struggling with that we don't want to be a part of our lives. We displace them by focusing on the good things, the things that we want. I also wanted to say, you brought up something so interesting when you said, you know, a bishop that says, well, if you do this for 14 days, this idea of putting a time limit on things is an interesting an interesting thing because that's we talk a lot about habits in society. We talk about habits and this idea that if you do something for a certain period of time, it will become a habit. And or I think, automatic. Or automatic. And I think the biggest frustration I have with that is that This idea that by doing something long enough, it will be automatic and you won't have to be intentional about it anymore, I think is a real fallacy when it comes Mm -hmm. to the good things we want in our life. I think no matter what, throughout our life, there will always be things that are striving to take our focus away and we will always have to be being intentional. So I look at my streaks and I I still keep track of the ones that are over 2000 days. I don't look at it and think, oh, I'll just write in my journal. It's a habit. Because I know that it's not a habit. It's easier to do because I've done it more often, but I still have to have a level of intentionality behind it. And I think as we communicate, especially the example you're talking about with communicating to youth, I think it's so important with youth that we communicate that there are things that you may have to be intentional about your whole life. You may have to be intentional about not okay. watching yeah. pornography your whole life. Right. Like that's part of our life and you can do that. Rather than thinking, well, if you work really hard and you focus really hard for a certain period of time, that will go away and you won't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, because true. then when it doesn't go away, we look at ourselves and think there's something wrong with right. us. 
Yeah. And there's not. There's nothing wrong with you. It's human nature to have to be intentional. So if we communicate, look, you're going to need to be intentional your whole life. And that's okay. We all have to be intentional our whole lives. And there'll be times and seasons that maybe it comes easier and times and seasons that you're like, wow, I'm really having to work on this. But by communicating that, we're saying it's possible. And that when you focus on the Savior and you use the atonement, those things do become easier and more plausible, but it's still always going to be a process. It always is going to be intentional. It's not going to be automatic, no matter how much effort concerted effort you put into it for a period of time. Yeah. I think we've heard several stories of the the infamous overcome prayer, like God, just help me overcome, Mm -hmm. take this desire away from me, heal me. Like, but that's not, mortality isn't about it all going away. It's about learning to rely on God that that soon Jesus just fills that glass completely. Right. And then the more we can just lay in. That's exactly it. Right. Yes. And he's, and that is, and you displace all of yeah, the natural all tendencies. Of the you no longer even have a desire. Exactly. To sin, right. And wow, there's a scripture on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came, came from. But, uh, so yeah, that, that, I think that's just really good to to hit. And then I appreciate in the book that this isn't about, you know, it's not about habits. This isn't a book about creating habits and. I think they've debunked the research that 21 days of an action. I think it's all been debunked. I actually know where that came from. We know where that came from. It is. It's interesting. So it came back from years ago from a person who did plastic surgery. (laughs) I know. This is where it came from. (laughs) And what he recognized where that research come from is he recognized that when people had had plastic surgery on their faces, it took them 21 days to be comfortable with their new look. Like for 21 days, it was like, oh, is that me? Oh, but is that then me? they were comfortable. But after 21 days, and then he they said were, it had nothing, had nothing ever. It wasn't do like peer reviewed research. No, he was just, it was just like well, he this doesn't is know what how it is. But he was like, I don't know how that, it got to behavior. Yeah. It was it had, <laughs> had nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with behavior other than I just got used to my face. Because yeah. again, that falls in that fallacy of think, well, I need to create a habit, and then I don't have to think about it, exactly. and then I've overcome it, which is very right. enticing. The idea that you could do something really good for a certain period of time, and then it'll be there forever, and you won't have to work at it anymore. Yeah. is extremely enticing and pretty much all the time not true. Right. A lie. Yeah. <laughs> so in this, I appreciate that you, in your book, it's not about doing something or creating a habit. It's about becoming something. Mm-hmm. You talk a lot about identity, which is at the core of our theology. I mean, the reason we go to the temple is all about identity, to be endowed with an yes. identity, right? And so yes. as we're streaking, the big picture isn't about doing something for a long time. It's about becoming something and setting that intention up front, right? That's so good. You know, when we started the streaks, at first we were, you know, the physical, spiritual streaks were like, we feel we should be doing these things. Right, yeah. What things should we be doing? It really was. It was the should be. And then there was a friend that challenged us and said, that seems a little shallow. That mm-hmm. seems like it's not right. And we got to thinking about it and, and we thought, you know what? He's right. I'm doing these things to become someone. And we have the greatest mandate in the world, which is Christ. What manner of men ought you to be? Mm-hmm. even as I am. Well, to be like Christ, then I need to be doing the things like Christ. And so we set up then what we realized is I need to identify who I want to be. I mean, yes, like Christ is one of those. And what are the subtopics, yeah. right? What are the subtopics I'm going to set up that will help me to be like Christ? And once I see who I want to be, now I'm going to set streaks to become that type of a person. Jamie mentioned kind earlier. One of the things that I've found in my life is, and a little confession time here. <laughs> Nobody's I, listening. I, I, yeah, just, <laughs> I don't like everyone right when I see them. 
interesting. I, know. I hope and I've won you over. You, yeah, you did okay. very quickly. And there's some people I have an allergic reaction to. I'm just like, I don't even like you at all. Right. <laughs> and I thought, was Christ ever like that? Did he ever come across someone and be like, yeah, mm, don't really like you? No. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> he wasn't. And I was thinking, I was like, well, I want to be someone who loves people, who when I meet them, I'm like, I'm really glad to be in your presence. I enjoy you. I want to be knowing about you and what you do. And so I started to, in the scriptures I read where Moroni, or it's actually Mormon that says, pray with all energy of heart that you may have charity, right? The pure love of Christ. And I thought, what does that look like? What does it look like to pray with all energy of heart to have this? Because I figured if I had charity and if I was imbued with this gift of charity, well, that would be great because I wouldn't have this allergic reaction anymore, or maybe it'd go down a lot. (laughs) So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'll set a streak to pray at least one time every day for charity. So I started to do that. And one of the things that I found is that it was working a little bit, but then I realized I don't really understand what this charity is. You know what? I think I need to pray, not that other people will change, (laughs) that they'll have charity, that they'll be someone I like, but more so I need to pray that I will see them as Christ sees them. And there are a few people in my life at that point in time who I'd had altercations with. It was really difficult, you know, a couple at work and so forth. And I thought, I need to pray that I will love them like Christ and use their name in my prayer. Mm. Now, you talk about all energy of heart for someone that's offended you (laughs) or that has, you know, done you wrong to actually pray that you can love them like the Savior and use their name. All of a sudden, that's when my heart started to change, and I started to see people. I don't know if it was all of a sudden. It was well. I, it was over yeah. Time. You're right. It was over time. I shouldn't say all of a sudden because it was. I mean, it's a it's a streak that I continue today, and and that is you know I'm like so. What then is the all energy of heart, and what is it when President Nelson says the Lord loves effort? I thought you know what it is. It's every day. It's just the every day. Every day is the effort. Mm-hmm. The all energy of heart is every day. That's where it really comes from. Yeah, it's powerful. Uh, so maybe Jamie, let's go. To you. you recently, <laughs> four months ago, called us release site president. What principles apply, like leading an organization with these? Because again, we don't want to prescribe or be like, "I'm the release site president." Here's our ten streaks that we're going to do in right. release study. So, I mean, does it come up, or how do you use these principles as the leader of an organization? First of all, I love what you said that it it doesn't work to be like, "Oh, these are the streaks," because then I'm setting streaks for other people. I think the thing that works the best is or how streaking has helped me most is in my own personal life, being mm-hmm. able to set streaks myself around my calling. So the fact that I had a ministering streak for a couple years before I was called to be a Relief Society president really helped me to feel like, okay, I may not be a perfect minister, but I've been thinking about it. Like I've been doing that. So it helped a lot in that regard. And then the thing that I think has been the biggest impact for me with streaking is that originally when I started streaking, it was to alleviate the guilt for these things that I wasn't doing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't reading to my children consistently, but I knew the power of reading to your children. I wasn't writing in my journal consistently, but I knew that that was something that I wanted to have. So I set these streaks to do these things that I was feeling guilty about. As I've continued to streak, I really have had a change in how I feel about streaking 
that the things that you do are still important. We're, we're not going to get places if we're not doing anything. But it's helped me to recognize that streaking has changed my mindset, that streaking is a journey that I am every day striving to change myself a little bit to become more a creature of Christ. So it's helped me in Relief Society to be more patient as a leader, to look at it and say, everyone is in their place. It's helped me immensely that if people ask, I do have a suggestion of what they could do. I can say, look, if you're having trouble with your scripture study, maybe don't look at it so big. Try something small. Just do a verse or just open the book. Like just every day, handle the Book of Mormon. That's all. Don't expect more of yourself right now. And for me to genuinely believe that that's okay, that I'm not abdicating my responsibility because I'm not telling them they should be doing the entire come follow me lesson every week has been helpful to as a leader to say, Where, wherever you are, let's take where you are and go a little bit better. It's helped me when I was the young women's president and they changed the theme. I didn't know the theme. So I set a streak to recite the theme every day mm. to myself. I'm not the young women's president anymore. And I thought about letting go of that streak, but I actually, we've talked so much about identity. I thought that theme still communicates who I am, yeah. whether I'm 12 or 50, mm -hmm. it's still an identity theme. So I often will include the reciting of the young women's theme as part of my prayer that each morning I'll just say that theme to remind myself who I am, that I am a disciple of Christ, that I, so I think the biggest thing, how I would use streaking as a leader is not so much, let's do all of, let's have these streaks that we're all doing the same streak, but of giving a methodology of how to actualize the things that you need to have happen in your life. So if you want to get to the temple, what do you need to do to get to the temple? Let's set a small thing that you could do every day that's just getting you thinking about the temple. Mm -hmm. What if that's all? You're just thinking about it and recognizing the power that comes by focusing on something small, being able to win at that small thing every day. You literally are changing your focus. And without necessarily saying, I have to change my focus. I got to change my focus. It was interesting as I, I gave a lesson on joy. And one of the quotes from Elder Christofferson was that, let's see if I can remember it. He said, Obviously, joy isn't something you can force. It's either there or it's not. And I thought that was such a fascinating quote because at first it wasn't obvious to me, yeah. but it was an interesting thing to look at that joy is centered on the Savior and it is a byproduct of keeping the commandments. So you can't force yourself to be joyful, but you can look at what commandments can I keep? Where can I put my focus? And streaking gives me a daily methodology to say, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to do to have that focus and a way to say I'm actually doing it. I can look back at my record and say, I've been doing this every day. So whether or not I necessarily feel like I'm changing, because sometimes we can't see it in ourselves, I can look at that record and say, oh, no matter what, I've been doing this for 30 days. It's going to make a difference. Yeah. So as, as I look at leaders and leadership, look at whether it be in the family, in the church, you do not set streaks for other people. Other people set their own streaks. So if I'm a, a leader in any organization, what I'm doing is looking back and saying, okay, this is my calling. What do I need to do consistently every day in order to magnify this calling? Mm -hmm. And I see this with Jamie as well. As she, she looks at it and says, and I actually have a streak to do at least one activity for my calling every day. Well, as a leader, 
be a bishop, stake president, elders quorum president, Sunday school president, Relief Society president, young women's president. It's like, okay, what are the one or two things I need to do every day that will magnify this calling? And that then will bring about the leadership that you can use to lead others. For example, you may set a streak to say, I'm going to pray for at least one person in my organization every day. I have a streak to review a name every day so that I am reviewing the names of my sisters. You have a streak to read the handbook, a section Mm -hmm. of the handbook every day or... It's actually just do one activity for my calling. And that's one of the things I'll do is read the handbook for that. Yeah. Or preach my gospel or Or any of those things. And so it really is about leading yourself and sitting back. Because when you get that call, you know, when you sit down and like, okay, I've just been called as an elders quorum president. What are the things I need to do consistently? And then when you're doing that, you've set up a foundation so yeah. that other you can help others. Yeah, that's really powerful, really helpful. I mean, and I would encourage, I mean, there's so much we could just explore <laughs> and talk about because there's these little nuances, like you talk about that time streaks aren't the best thing. No. And we've talked in the context of daily, but you can do weekly streaks, you monthly streaks. Weekly, monthly. So just quickly on time streaks. Time streaks puts your focus in the wrong place. And this if, is like, I'm going to read the scriptures for 30 minutes yeah, a day. Yeah. Not a good idea. People think that that's easy. Or even five minutes. Like, it's what's not, the big deal? Yeah. Even one minute. It's not easy. But when you put it on the actual activity, I'm going to read one mm-hmm. verse. Now it becomes simple. Whereas before, you start to focus on the clock. And that's not where you want your focus yeah. to be. You want your focus to be on the scripture itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. And there's a bunch of other nuances people really pick is. up there. So obviously people can check out the book. Again, yep. streaking the simple practice of conscious, consistent actions that create life-changing results. Yep. You also have an app. Yep. The streaking app. And you just, you, you just, can either pick from others' ideas or put your own in there and make yep. public yep. or not. And I think I'm obligated as the lead. I'm going to have to be public on a several of those and even follow <laughs> my streaks. So. You got it. Exactly. Um, yeah. The, the app. So the book and the app the, together, it gives you the basis and the methodology by which you can start to implement streaks in your life. Yeah. yeah. yeah and a four hour audio book. So it's quick listen as well yep. if you need. And any other resource or place you'd send them if people really want to jump into streaking? If they want to listen, we have the Streaking Podcast, which gives help and everything else. And if you want to listen to that, Jamie and I publish that about once a week. awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, these people love podcasts. So (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Any other principle concept you want to make sure we squeeze in here before we wrap up or we do a good job? I, I guess what I would say is in the end, just know that when you start streaking and you do streaks, that it really is your determination of what behaviors you want to do and how you do that to become like Christ. I mean, that that is the end all be all of it. No one else's streaks, we could look at it this way, no one else's oil is going to get you to where you need to be. Yeah, It's the oil you put in your own lamp. And that is what a streak is. It's what you want to do. Make it laughably simple. Keep a record of it and celebrate with your community. And and I would say, especially this time of year at the new year, to not look at streaking as a way to revamp your whole life. To start small. Start with 20 streaks. Yeah, exactly. That that is almost as uh, bad. Yeah, start with one or two. Odds are very high that if you do that, you're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Start with one or two. And and for me, like I said, it was things that were bothering me the most. And I thought, okay, how am I going to, I want to start with those things. And then just give yourself time to understand streaking is, in my mind, very personal and a journey. 
because you're striving to become who you're supposed to be, not who someone else thinks you should be, but who you're supposed to be. And it's a very, it's almost an exercise in self-exploration because sometimes you look at it and you think, okay, why did I break that streak? And I've had streaks that I set because other people set them and I thought they were cool and I should be doing that too. <laughs> and as I got doing it, I realized I hated it. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, this is not a streak for me. And I realized because it wasn't a part of who I wanted to be. It was a part of someone else that I thought was cool. And so streaking gives you that journey to explore and decide who am I going to be and who does the Lord want me to be? And then what am I going to do to become that? Yeah. So just a one final note here. Jamie talked about in the beginning about her ministering streak. And she didn't share that for a long time. I had, we were teaching streaking. I was teaching streaking at a conference and someone asked me, what if I don't want to share? Do I have to create a community? What if I don't want to share the streak? And I said, actually, you don't have to. You can start it personally yourself, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. In about 60 days, when you've had success at something that you've never had success at before, you'll share it with someone (laughs) because you want to celebrate with them. Yeah. And that's why, so Jamie, to share her ministering on your podcast today, uh-huh. it's because there's success. Yeah. And when you have that success, you want to share it. It's the celebration of this win that you didn't ever think you could do. So you may start it with, oh, this is so laughable. People will laugh at I don't me want to tell people it's tell embarrassing people it's how embarrassing. simple it is. Yeah. But then once you build up yeah. your consecutive muscle, you'll share it. That's cool. All right. Well, I want to, we'll step out of the context of streaking for a minute. And I just want to reflect on your experience of being a leader. Okay. And I'll ask you first, Jeff, and then Jamie. uh, But as you reflect on your time, Jeff, as being a leader, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? As I look at my life in any leadership position I've been in, when I was called to serve as bishop, one of the commitments that I made to myself is that I was not going to put on a bishop face. I was going to be Jeff Downs and I was going to enter in as Jeff Downs and be Jeff Downs, who was called to be a bishop. Through that experience, I learned how Christ personally involves himself in the lives of people who want him to be involved. People who would come into my office, people who would come when I was serving as bishop and confess what I will say, some of their most sacred things, because sin is really kept in a very sacred spot. No one likes to confess it. And so Mm -hmm. it gets protected. But when they would confess it and I would feel the love of the savior that really came out in those moments, all of a sudden I felt like, you know what? I see the savior's love for this person. I can be a better follower of Jesus Christ. I can feel that love for them. I can do those things that will, because he empowers me to be able to do that. And so, you know, leadership in the Lord's kingdom is a tremendous blessing. I mean, something that it's priceless, honestly. I can't really put words to it. So, yeah. Jamie, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? I think that I have learned a lot from things I've done well, and I've learned even more from things that I haven't done well times that I feel like, oh, I could have handled that so much better. I think the thing that has helped me the most in terms of the leadership was when I was able to step outside of the leadership role of the responsibility of worrying about how I looked, what other people thought of me as a leader, and was able to let go of that 
And sometimes that was through hard experiences of things that I looked at and recognized that I said things or did things because I was more worried about being a good leader than I was about the person that I was actually talking to. And as I've been able to have opportunities to do it better, where the Lord lets you have another opportunity, you're like, okay, I've had this experience before. I'm going to do it differently this time and learn from it. I do feel like I've had the opportunity to recognize, as you said, the love of the Savior, how much he genuinely loves each individual person, like everybody. And it's changed my perspective to even on social media or as I'm watching a show to look at it and think those people are real people and the Lord knows them and loves them individually, no matter what. And being able to step back and have that has helped me to want to be more like that to because to feel that love makes you want to be able to give that love more. And so I would just echo exactly what you said, that feeling the love of the Savior through leadership opportunities that sometimes have been humbling has helped me to be able to want to be more like Christ. Now that we've reached the end of the episode, I quickly want to thank you for supporting the Leading Saints podcast. There's so much content out there to consider, and you picked this one. If Leading Saints has made an impact in your life, we would sure like to hear about it at leadingsaints.org slash contact. And if you could quickly text or email this episode to a leader you know, I bet it will bless their life. You can mark off your good turn daily, and let's even call it ministering. Okay, maybe not that far. But seriously, thank you, and help us share this content. Remember, to watch the interview about scrupulosity, go to leadingsaints.org 14 for free access to the Mentally Healthy Saints virtual library. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness, the loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.